This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Tuesday, January 28th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And as you know, the coronavirus is still front and center once again, and we're watching to see how that affects global markets. And obviously, we're still all mourning the loss of legendary basketball superstar Kobe Bryant. And uh, I had some words on that yesterday, and maybe I'll have some more today. But you know, I'm definitely still in shock. I'll be going to the game Friday. It'll be a, a pretty, pretty tough week. Uh, and Nike says it is sold out of Kobe Bryant merchandise. So that's pretty interesting. That uh, everyone I know, I know Barnes and Noble said they're out of Kobe Bryant books and things like that. So you know, we're gonna try to do our best to to move past it and recalibrate our lives ourselves, and maybe use this as an opportunity to reflect and refocus, right? Talked yesterday about how the mama mentality is about focusing on your goals with a laser focus, not getting distracted, not getting caught up in the hoopla and just putting your nose down and getting to work. And that's what we're going to do today. And I certainly hope you have resolved to make 2020 the year you optimized your financial life, your portfolio, your investment strategy. And Steve and I are committed to help you and as you've noticed, we spent a good deal of time talking about how your investment strategies should align with your risk tolerance, and that's an ongoing process that you need to make sure that your portfolio is attuned to each, I mean, every day, but on a very, very regular basis. I'm Justin Klein, and I hope you will call me in this hour so I can help you in any possible way. Now, through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, our company, KPP Financial, and I can help you become a better investor. And that's what Steve and I are dedicated to do with the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. It's really quite simple. Our investments ride right alongside with our clients' investments. And we call this parallel investing. So we do this together. That's why we say we have shared success. And I'm here now. I'm ready to take, you in, take and answer your questions, your investing and financial questions at our anytime listener line. At 888 chart, 888-992-4278. So call right now. Now, Steve is in New York today and tomorrow meeting with listeners. He's conducting no-cost portfolio review consultations. And we may still have one spot left tomorrow. So, you know, these things change with the hour. You get last-minute cancellations. You can learn more and register through investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story that there are 12 deadly sins that you should avoid for saving for retirement as well. And we're going to talk about what those are, how you can eliminate those financial blunders. And we're going to dig into that. 12 different ways that you can kind of make mistakes that can be disastrous for your financial life. Also, real estate. Real estate globally, There, this was one of the slowest growth years, at least 2019 was, for global real estate, and we're going to talk about why that might be. Areas like Australia, Turkey, China, India, Hong Kong, all saw negative year-on-year real home prices 
in those markets. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So we're going to discuss that. Also, Fed decision tomorrow, right? We're, this is the Fed meeting. Fed started their meeting today. They're going to have an announcement tomorrow. And mainly it's going to revolve around its balance sheet. Are they going to continue to expand it? How is this going to look for the repo market and, and uh, just financial markets in general? Because this is a very, very important aspect of what's happening in today's market. Because they're printing dollars, they're creating dollars, and dollars are reserve currency, at least for now. And that's why it is front and center. And then lastly... A million dollars. That used to be the big goal for retirement, right? I just want a million dollars. I can retire peacefully, blah, blah, blah. Well, now that based on inflation and other factors, that dream is probably closer to three million. And we're going to talk about why and how to get there. So that's what's on my mind. That's what I want to talk about today. But ultimately, it's up to you. What is on your mind? What are you thinking is important for you to discuss today. I want to hear from you and help you in any way I possibly can. Let's look at the markets today. We had a little bit of bounce back. Uh, I was hearing that there's positive news about the coronavirus. I don't know. I, I'm not hearing much uh, positive news that it's being contained. It, it seems like they're still trying to get a handle on it. It doesn't seem like it's accelerated, but it hasn't decelerated either. Um, and but the market rallied, which was uh, pretty, pretty odd to me. Um, but the small caps were up about one percent, SP about one and a quarter percent, and we reversed uh, what about two thirds of yesterday's losses, right? About that amount on most of the indexes. If you look at the NYA, the NYSE index, which to me is kind of what I follow the most, it's more accurate when it comes to what's happening with equities because it's broader than just the S&P. The S&P is 500 stocks. It's a good amount, but it's not the whole market either. So I like to look at that. And yeah, we recovered half to two-thirds of yesterday's down move and maybe a third of the last couple of days. So uh, in a nice bounce back, but you know, I think we're still kind of in the midst of this market pullback until there's a little more clarity around the coronavirus. Let's go to Charles in Moreno Valley looking at ExxonMobil. Yes, sir. Justin, is it too early to get in? To ExxonMobil? Yes. Well, this is this is down with the whole space, right? And I talked a, a little bit ago about the or a few few shows ago about how the oil patch in general is just relatively uh, undervalued. Uh, the, the problem here is that the oil prices are, are now down uh, pretty dramatically on this growth scare. Uh, and commodities really across the board, at least, at least growth commodities. Uh, you know, it's copper is down about 10% in just a, a week and a half or so, which is pretty wild. And oil's around the same. Uh, and I've said this before about ExxonMobil, that... They bought XTO Energy, I believe it was, some years back, and they were a heavy natural gas producer. And the fact that natural gas is back to record lows, it is going to hit uh, companies that are heavily exposed to that space, uh, and Exxon is. So it yields 5.4%. If you're just after that yield, I think that yield is relatively safe. 
but their earnings are going to suffer. Down 52% last year, earnings down 46% last quarter. Uh, and so if I'm looking for a safer play in the oil patch, you know, I'm going with something like Chevron over Exxon, just you know, a little bit less yield, but less exposure to natural gas. So it's really up to you. Exxon's a higher risk play. If natural gas prices turn around, you're going to get a bigger boost to the upside. But I feel more comfortable in this market with something with less natural gas exposure rather than more. Thanks for the call, Charles. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. It's broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock Pacific time hour. I hope you will tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and I encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search different topics and listen and subscribe there. And please take a second to rate our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now 888 99Chart. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now let's do a coronavirus update. This outbreak is already affecting the Chinese economy in a, in a I won't say dramatic, but uh, a significant way. And in the U.S., we have five confirmed cases: Arizona, California, Washington, and Illinois. You know, it's once again I've said this kind of yesterday. The mortality rate, at least from what we've seen so far, is very low. Um, now, these are numbers coming out of China. Can't really trust numbers coming out of China. So uh, I don't believe any of the, There's only been a, a handful of deaths, uh, two, three, outside of China, which is you know kind of good to hear because you have a lot more faith in those numbers. But the federal government has expanded U.S. airport screening from five cities yesterday to 20. And we're at least a year away from the coronavirus vaccine, but that doesn't mean we can't get a hold on it sooner rather than later. And there are many cities within China that are important to the global supply chain. And thankfully, travel to and from China is getting is being greatly restricted, which will impact economic activity. That can't really get around it. We're seeing airlines, oil prices, they're getting hit. Hotels will suffer. Higher vacancies. Biotech stocks are benefiting in some some ways, some of them. Companies like Johnson & Johnson are repurposing current antiviral medicine to combat this problem. So that's a positive. There's some way, something we already have in place. 3M says it is increasing production of its face mask. That's good. Now, to put this in perspective, however, the common flu virus kills approximately 10 to 20,000 people each year. So, 
I think in some ways this is very similar to a bad flu strain. But we all know about the flu. It's not novel. It's not interesting. Coronavirus has a funny name. Its source is more interesting, right? Probably came from some sort of eating some sort of wildlife. It's really what it is, right? Corona, a coronavirus is a type of virus that comes from wildlife. So a lot of this is more hype than actual real problems. Not to say it's not a real problem, but you know, if you compare it to something like the flu, it's similar in a lot of ways. That's going to harm, harm their economy and harm the global economy to some degree. And soon enough, it will probably become more of a worldwide reaction. And when I say reaction, reaction from governments. China hasn't asked for any U.S. assistance or foreign assistance. But part of it is, you know, the, the culture there does not want to feel shame, right? Uh, and allowing this to spread within their country is, is shameful. And that's one of the reasons why they tend to not give the accurate numbers. And so what the true full impact will be is, is still hard to know. Um, but what's interesting is, like I said, that the reaction is probably worse than the crime, right? The reaction to this is probably worse than what reality is. And reality is, is it's like the flu. And, but, but markets react based on economic activity. And clearly this is probably going to have a more drawn out effect, at least for a little while. So I, I don't really believe this bounce in the markets because I think the coronavirus is still going to be there for a little while. It's going to be known and worried about and its impact will be felt more broadly. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and no one has ever been able to reliably predict market moves. But we all know that volatility is in the future, and you need to make sure that you are ready for that. So, Invest Talk listeners are invited to contact myself or Steve and sit down over telephone or Skype and go over their portfolio. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Hi, gents. This is Junior in Indiana. Thanks for the show, and hopefully you can get out to Chicago sometime soon, Steve. During my company's recent 401k move from Vanguard to Fidelity, I went to cash because I didn't want to lose access during a three-week dark period during the change. I know you probably wouldn't advise that, but oh well. The market went up since, which I'm fine with. I'm 51, fine with being an aggressive investor at this point. So my question is whether to just dump all of it back into the recommendations Active 401k gives me or feed it back in, say, 20% of the time over the coming weeks? Or do I hold a portion of it back for a correction? 
I suppose this question would apply to a lot of other callers who are fortunate enough to have cash on the sidelines. Thanks a lot, friends. Bye-bye. Well, considering I do think we are in the midst of uh, some sort of market correction, uh, then the big caveat is what the Fed does tomorrow. You know, if they accelerate their balance sheet expansion, then you know I think we're back off to the races. If they indicate that they're going to be more aggressive at reducing their balance sheet or stop growing their balance sheet, then I think the market would react negatively. And in that case, you want to be more you want to be slower to reallocate that money into your your plan, uh, and so a lot depends on tomorrow. You know how the market reacts. I think you'll you'll know by the end of the day pretty much how the market will take the news of future Fed stimulus or lack thereof. So, um, but I like that you're using Active Four Hundred One K. It's a great tool uh, and should guide you well over time. Thanks for the call. 888 chart 888 We have about a half hour left. So get your calls in right now. My main talking point concerns 12 deadly sins of saving for retirement. And it's actually a great uh, great movie. Uh, there's a seven deadly sins, but these, these are the 12. And number one is pride. Uh, and pride happens when you get overly confident, right? Overly confident in a particular company or, uh, you know, your, your strategy. You basically, I've learned throughout the years, the happier you are about what you're doing, the more at, the more uneasy you actually should be, right? Because what you're doing is working so well and typically no strategy works great for an extended period of time. There are always dips and, and downs of any type of strategy that you could deploy in the markets. No matter what it is, no strategy is going to be great all the time. And if you're looking for that and you think that's the way your portfolio performance should be or your strategy should work, you're, you're just wrong. You're misguided. You're looking for a holy grail that just isn't there. So don't have so much pride that you are unable to adjust and humble yourself. Number two is greed. And this is when you know you, you get overly aggressive. And the antidote is simply moderation. Okay, making sure once again that your portfolio isn't aggressive just because, right? That it's aggressive for a reason or has a particular strategy and uh, moderating your risk overall typically will keep you on the right path more often. And the reason is because aggressive portfolios tend to have big swings, both up and down. And most investors get emotional. And when that aggressive portfolio turns down, they tend to jump out at the wrong time. Okay. Number three, lust. And this is when you're addicted to financial pornography, right? And financial pornography in today's world is CNBC, Fox Business, apps on your phone, 
right? To give you alerts and know that it's more about selling ads and, you know, being entertaining as opposed to actually giving you lasting value. So many of those habits, once again, of just paying attention to media all the time will more often than not guide you down the wrong path. Why? Because they talk about the exciting things as opposed to a lot of the boring things, which guess what? Boring things often make the best money. Number four, envy, chasing performance, right? Just looking at what you're, what, what went well last year isn't the way to invest or what happened in the last three years. Because that often leads to buying high and selling low, right? You bought after the asset has appreciated dramatically and markets are mean, mean reverting. And you have to understand that. So stop comparing your investment performance to others and other investments and measure it against your own financial goals. Number five, gluttony. Failing to save. We've talked about this before. Start saving now. Spending too much and not saving it's game over for you in your financial life. Number six is impatience. And knowing financial history, once again, knowing that markets are mean reverting is very important. So, you know, this isn't a get rich quick thing. It's get rich slowly endeavor and you need to have the patience for it. And when I get back, I'll get to the next six. Now the next invest talk. Oh, actually, we're going to the break right now. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. As you know, Apple is all-time high again. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Michael in Fremont looking at Occidental Petroleum. And here's an interesting number. Downloads for the Invest Talk podcast now average 450000 each month. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 20 million. InvestTalk.com This is InvestTalk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Justin Klein is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Good evening, Stephen. Justin, I have a question about SBGL. I took a position with them early last year in February and was steadily upping my position throughout the next couple of months. And it shot up over the past year. And I've been wanting to get out, take the profit, but I'm not sure if I should. What is your opinion of the company? Thank you. All right, looking at Cybenye Gold Limited. This is a ADR, American Depository Re- Re- Receipt. Excuse me. Uh, this is a company that is headquartered in South Africa, and it's it's a gold miner. At South African gold miner engaged in the exploration and extraction of gold in South Africa. 
Now, earnings in this year are supposed to be, looks like a record high of $2.02 a share. And this has been in a very, very strong uptrend, which to me, as long as gold prices are going to stay relatively buoyant, this is a pretty solid name. I mean, if it's going to make $2 a share, it's P ratio is 5, right? That's 20% earnings yield. That's an extremely strong earnings yield in this market. And I love the gold miner space. So not, you know, I like that. My issue here is trailing 12-month EBITDA is negative, negative $500 million. That's what worries me the most here is that it's not at least in the past, a very profitable company. But analysts say that's going to turn around. And markets price companies based on the future, not the past. Okay, so uh, what that future looks like, according to analysts, is much more profitable. Now, they've been increasing shares pretty regularly throughout their, uh, their history. That worries me, that share dilution. Uh, so, I would use the, what's that, 50? Yeah, 50-day moving average. No, sorry, 100-day moving average, excuse me, as you're out. That's the way I would handle it. Uh, I, I think gold miners are a good place to be. This is certainly a higher risk one because of its location in South Africa uh, and the fact that historically it hasn't been the most profitable company in the world, that's for sure. Uh, and it's been losing money to to be frank. So I would hold on to it with a tight or an out and that out to me would be that 100 day moving average which right now is about 770 and will clearly rise over time now that's at $10.07 a share and for everybody else this was at $3 back in May of last year. So up about 350% or so since that time frame and that just goes to show you gold miners have a very very explosive correlation to gold prices and especially the higher risk ones like this will move even faster. So I like this sector and if you're looking for a high risk play, this is it. Uh, if you, one way to do it is maybe take some of these gains and roll it into a safer miner, right? Where their, their cash flows are more consistent, their profitability is more consistent, maybe they pay a dividend, have a larger market cap, etc. That's probably would be one of my strategies as well, along with having a trailing stop. Thanks for the call. That was Sab Sabanye Stillwater ADR. I'm guessing, I hope I'm saying that right. Now, before the break, I touched on the first six of the 12 deadly sins, and then let me get to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Seven, not contributing enough to your employer's full 401k match and this would be considered sloth right just being so lazy and you know a lot of people do this right they they rather have that money today than earn a hundred percent or even just a 50 percent return on their money by putting that money away in their 401k and getting that match so the antidote is simply continue to rebalance over time if you can't rebalance or you don't feel you have the ability to rebalance, maybe a, a targeted fund is not a terrible place to be if you don't have any any knowledge or consistency uh, about the market. And then make sure you get that employer match. Number eight, fear. Having an overly cautious 
portfolio. That's the opposite of greed, right? Which we talked about before. You know, investing is, it's easy when, when you're being really conservative. You're still earning, you know, a few percentage points, but most people aren't seeing inflation eating away at their, at their money. So hiding out in cash investments typically will guarantee you a loss on an inflation-adjusted basis. Now, doesn't mean you need to take a ton of risk. And frankly, for most people, they actually should be in that moderate category. That's why for us, our balanced income program, which is our straight moderate program, you know, very income-focused, we'll still have years in the, in the teens like we did last year, but won't have huge typical drawdowns like you see with all equity portfolios. And those are the type of strategies that most people are, are good at staying the course. And that's the best part of it. Okay. And so it's important to not be greedy, not be fearful, be somewhere in the middle, be rational. Number nine, imprudence, failing to diversify, right? If you invest in the Japanese stock market 30 years ago, you're still down 40% from the high. So it just goes to show you that you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket or even one marketplace. So you need to own various variations of stocks and bonds. Fund your retirement accounts, both traditional IRAs, 401ks, Roth accounts, taxable accounts. Ten, negligence. And this one comes down to Buying variable annuities and universal life policies. Keep your insurance and your investments separate. The only annuity that's ever good, <clears throat> excuse me, is an immediate fixed annuity. Number 11, hyperactivity. Sometimes doing nothing will keep you in the right place. Doesn't mean you don't do anything, but just because you're reviewing your portfolio or your strategy doesn't mean you actually should make a change. If it aligns with your goals, aligns with your risk tolerance, sometimes doing nothing is a way to go. Number 12, aimlessness. And that's just failing to plan for retirement and have a path that you visualize, that you've put down on paper. Because if you don't have a path, you're unlikely to find the end result that you are looking for. Let's go to James, New York, looking at CBRE. Uh, yes, I am. How are you today? Doing all right. Uh, CBRE, this is a, one of the largest commercial real estate brokerage firms in the country. Uh, why do you want to own it? Um, seems to be a good company, positive earnings. Um, looks like, you know, moving forward, it, it will make money in the long run um i'm just wondering if it's priced appropriately if it's a good time to pick it up but i want to own it mostly because uh, it'd be a good you know diversifier in my portfolio i don't really have a holding like this currently so uh look like an industry that you know might fit well into my portfolio so when you say industry this is clearly going to be tied to the real estate industry and the yeah, commercial yeah. real estate industry right so right. why this one as a diversifier? Why not maybe another, like a REIT, for example? Well, well, that's the thing. I already own a couple of REITs, so I thought maybe I would try mm -hmm. to do something outside of the REIT space. But, um, you know, so that's why this kind of caught my eye. But, um, you know, I have a couple of REITs. I could easily buy maybe 
a couple more if I really wanted to, but this looked a little bit different. So, you know, I don't know for a long term holding, I was thinking about this company. Okay. Well, CBRE is certainly a good company. Um, you know, my issue here is the timing in the, the financial cycle, right? Uh, based on current earnings, the P ratio is relatively modest, 17, a little lower than the S&P. So that, that, that's not expensive in that, that sense. But if you normalize it for the cycle, that P ratio is more like in the 40s or low to mid 40s which is pretty expensive to me. Uh, and so that's what worries me is that, that place in the cycle. Uh, and it will clearly be affected if we go into recession because uh, there's less there's less act- activity in the commercial real estate space, uh, more defaults on leases, mortgages, etc. And this is a name in the financial crisis. Let's look at what how much it went down. Yeah, it went down from about $43 a share all the way to about three bucks. So it went down over 90%. Not to say it's, it's going to have that type of move in the next recession, but clearly earnings are going to be impacted dramatically in that type of environment. So uh, it, it's certainly a good company and has strong profitability long-term. Uh, you know, it, it's history of profitability is very strong, a, a re- return equity in the low 20s on average over the last decade. So I like what you're looking at in that sense. Um, so to me, this is a name that I would build my position over time as maybe the market or economies become undone because that's the type, this is the type of name that I would like to own longer term. It's just right now in this cycle, I would rather own real estate that is more anti-cyclical, that has is more of a bond proxy like a read although you said you still have some of those um i just you know technically it's overbought uh, you know i i like the company you're looking at i just don't like the timing of it thanks for the call james i'm justin klein you're listening to invest talk and you are in good company our podcast downloads on average about four hundred fifty thousand each and every month and now we are over the 20 million downloads mark and steven i thank you for that and be sure to tell your family members and friends about InvestTech and our website as well. And if you want to talk to us more one-on-one, go over your portfolio, see how we can assist you in making the right changes to improve your outcomes. We were we are always open to do that. You can call our KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Leave a message or maybe you'll get a person, hopefully. And we will help you out. And we want to help you. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Justin Klein is here today. And Steve Peasley is in New York City to meet with registered listeners who have decided to take advantage of Steve's offer to receive a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio consultation. It's all about financial freedom. The conversation continues now, and your questions are welcome. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto looking at FIVG, which is Defiance Next Gen Connectivity ETF. 
Can you give me more context on this name? Uh, it's an ETF, I believe, focusing on 5G. So I'd like okay. to be a little bit more diverse. Okay. Now, I'm going to step back here a little bit because, uh, you know, I've seen this over the, the my, my career. You know, my career kind of started when ETFs were very a very very small part of the market. And so I've seen their presence grow over over time and I've seen a lot of kind of niche ETFs be launched and I've noticed a pattern. Um, and typically when you get these very narrowly focused ETFs being launched, it's because Everybody and their mother wants to get exposure to that space, right? Which also typically means a lot of those names in the space or the vast majority of names in the space have been bid up to very expensive levels. And uh, it, it, to me, it's, it's almost a counter indicator that these subsector ETFs are being launched and it's because these ETF companies, they want assets and they know they can get assets because people are interested in the space. So that's my caveat here to, to understand that more often than not, the timing of these launches tends to be fairly poor. Now, since this was launched early last year, it is up uh, roughly, what's called 10% or so from its, uh, its launch price. Uh, let's take a look at some of the holdings here. Um, now, do you have any exposure to the 5G space? I do not. Okay. So let me take a look at this. What are their top holdings? I'm sure it's going to be some of the tower companies, right? Like American Tower. Let me pull this up here. Portfolio. There we go. Now, the top holding is NXP Semiconductors, Nokia, Qualcomm, Analog Devices, Ericsson, Xilinx, Akamai, American Tower, there we go, AT&T, Keysight Technologies. And a lot of those names are overvalued, I will say that. Um, it will give you instant diversification. Um, but once again, know that from a timing perspective, it's probably a poor time. Uh, because a lot of the positivity around many of these names is already priced in. Um, so it needs to be certainly a long-term time horizon. Uh, how much experience do you have in the markets? I've been, I, I'm getting good at being a, uh, not just a trader anymore. Okay. So, uh, so I mean, what, been, what I would, this, got it. So the, this is the way I would use it. I would go and look at the holdings. You can go to Morningstar.com, you can go to their website, look at the holdings of this and study the holdings and find the handful of names that you like. Maybe some of them might be still a little overpriced, but make your own ETF, especially in today's world where trading commissions are zero, right? So that's the approach I would take is find the best in this ETF. Now our work continues after this break, so get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, one high-profile analyst says he thinks the first stock market correction since October has begun. 
However, the strategist believes the slump may be limited. Why? That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Will in San Diego looking at SH. Will, you there? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, good afternoon, Justin. I'm wondering if it, now is a good time to be putting money in this uh, particular uh, vehicle for uh, protecting future earnings. So uh, what, what's your opinion? Well, SH is short the S&P 500, single leverage, so you're not talking about a leverage ETF, which I like. Uh, and if you're looking to hedge the risk in your portfolio, this is one way to do that. Uh, now, you know, with the, if the Fed will, is continuing to print money, uh, then at, especially at the pace they are, sixty to one hundred billion dollars a month, uh, you know that that will flow into equity markets. That money creation will probably flow into equity markets, and uh, SP will probably continue to go up for some time until that breaks right where the weak dollar breaks the market right. whatever it is will break the market um so a lot depends on tomorrow uh i i think uh, the market will will i think have a strong reaction one way or the other and that is far more important than the coronavirus or anything like that but if you are looking to hedge your portfolio this is a good vehicle for that oh okay yeah that's uh that's what i wanted to hear um, given how uncertain the future could be, uh, maybe it's time to put a little money in, in, in this particular area. So you well, would say wait until if, uh, what happens tomorrow. Well, yeah, uh, I think uh, see how the market reacts to it. Are, are is the Fed going to promise to pull back? Uh, they're they're looking to continue this program at least to probably the summertime. But what happens after that? Uh, I think will be very very important. And the uh, market will signal, uh, will give you a signal and probably sell off or rally accordingly. Thanks for the call, Will. So let's touch on that into the close a little bit. You know, the, the focus on tomorrow's meeting will be fine-tuning that control that they've had on this repo market, short-term interest rates. You know, they've flooded markets with tons of cash, uh, the Fed balance sheet went from 3.8 trillion in December, or sorry, December September, to 4.1 trillion today. And their goal was to prevent volatility in that repo market from interfering with the Fed funds rates and uh, the cost to borrow money throughout the economy. Now, some of the Fed officials have been hesitant to make this a permanent facility in which the Fed permanently lends in the repo market to make sure rates stay relatively low. Because they say they don't want too large of a footprint in financial markets, which to me is pretty laughable. They've been a giant footprint in financial markets for a decade plus now. now they've already said they expect to buy T-bills through April or May or even June of this year. But they haven't really revealed whether they will slow 
the current expansion of their balance sheet. Now, what they say is this current program is different than QE because it's just buying short-term treasury bills. But what I say is you're still creating money out of thin air. It's still QE, still quantitative easing. Now, you might say today that it's temporary, but until you take it away, it's permanent. And when was the last time you saw a Fed take away stimulus over the last 12 years? When they do, typically things come undone. So I don't see them having the ability to. I think they might try to. And that's what tomorrow's announcement will be all about. Will they try? In what way will they try? But I almost guarantee they're not going to succeed. We're in permanent monetizing the debt situation. I'm Justin Klein. This week's another Invest Talk program. I'll be here tomorrow. Once again, Steve is in New York meeting with Invest Talk listeners, helping them optimize their portfolios. Now, remember, you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 